Hello, hello. Welcome back to Popcorn Talk. It is Logan and Annalie, and this is actually our seventh episode. Yes, it's been a while, but it, it took a minute. It took a good minute to get adjusted to the new school year. A couple, so. like, yeah, a lot of minutes. <laughs> so, apologies. <laughs> but but okay. we're here. Yeah, yeah, we're here. We're proud. We saw two movies. Well, yeah. I, we saw a couple movies, but we're only going to be talking about two movies. Yeah, yeah. So... We said in our last podcast that we were going to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and we just never got around to doing it. And we both, I think we both really enjoyed it. Did yeah, you enjoy yeah, it? Oh, yeah. Well, I love Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, me so too. I he is, like, one of the best directors of all time, I would argue. And po- people are probably going to fight me for that, but I will defend him. I will defend him. No, I think a lot of people agree with you, actually. Like, people will defend him yeah. to their graves. It's even the nuances if- that he does. It's just... Yeah. But anyways, so... Oh, my gosh. I Okay. I'm excited to talk about the movie now because you mentioned the nuances. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're just going to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for a few minutes here. Talk about our key thoughts, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and how we felt about it. Right. And if you guys should go see it. And then we're going to move into talking about It Chapter 2, which is the most recent movie that we saw. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give you, again, our thoughts and let you know whether or not you should see it if you haven't yes. already seen the movies. Yes. So, for the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood synopsis, uh, if you are unaware, um, this really takes place uh, with the historical context of the Manson murders and the whole helter-skelter thing. I wasn't actually aware of that until I saw the movie, so it was a very interesting first experience. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, before we get into the synopsis, I actually watched it a second time, because I did not have that historical background information. Mm-hmm. I, like, completely forgot. But, you know, I, you have to do that with every single yes. Quentin Tarantino. You have to watch it a second time in order to catch everything. And even then yes. you miss stuff. So, but anyways, so I on. missed a lot of stuff on my first viewing, but... Mm-hmm. So, I forget, what's the name of the actress again who was killed? Oh, oh, the blonde woman. <laughs> we should we should know this, but yeah, anyway. Um, so basically, there are these two guys, and um, one of them is a stunt double. The other one is an actor, and he's in like these western films. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about that, you know. Right. It's it's a lot of nostalgia if you grew up right. watching those. Well, and now you got to remember, this is the early '60s. Yeah. Okay, so this is mod '60s. This is atomic era '60s. This is when westerns were actually pretty big. But mm-hmm. but, I mean, this is kind of what the movie covers. Yeah. They were also on the a, a downfall. You know, this was falling out of grace. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And this is like right at like the birth of the hippie movement. Yes. Too. So. Um, actually, I think it was 1969, wasn't it? I thought it was the early 60s. I don't know. It, it was It was definitely the 60s. Um, right around the time the hippie movement started actually gaining traction. But um, anyway, <clears throat> so this actor has come to realize that he's kind of, you know, losing that certain je ne sais quoi. Yeah. And he's not getting hired like he used to be. And, you know, he's... There's some inner struggle with that. Yeah, almost like a midlife crisis. Uh-huh. You can feel that. Yeah. And like whenever he gets hired, his bodyguard or his uh, sorry, not his bodyguard, his uh, body double. Yeah. Gets hired, so they're kind of like best buds, mm-hmm. uh, really good friends, and so they're kind of like going through like almost their own self discoveries in a weird way, or not even self discoveries, but like self acceptances. Yeah. Which is very interesting and. All of this is happening with, like, this helter-skelter backdrop. So, while 
one man's career is dying. Mm -hmm. Another woman's career is just beginning to take off. And so, God, I cannot remember her name. I feel horrible for this. Um, It's been so long, though. And, of course, I... But anyway, so um, she's just starting to take off. um, And she gets pregnant. And if you have done your research, and if you do know the history, she actually was killed along with the people that she was... Uh, that she had over at her house mm-hmm. um, because uh, the sisters, the Helter Skelter, I'm sorry, the Manson sisters, and then Tex, I remember his name, mm-hmm. uh, they set out and killed whoever was living at wherever they were living. So it was really a senseless murder. Um, Charles Manson murders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, big spoiler alert. Um, so here's how it ends. Yeah. Um, instead of following it historically, Quentin Tarantino actually did the opposite. Mm-hmm. He kind of made his own version of it. And instead of, you know, the actress getting killed and her friends getting killed, um, the uh, the actor whose career is dying kills all of them. And so does, like, the bodyguard, or the body double, excuse me. Um, and this is because they went to the wrong house in this version. In real life, they went to the woman's house and she was killed. In this version, because they're the Sharon actress, Tate. Sharon Tate, that's right. That's it, Sharon Tate. Okay. Sharon Tate is neighbors with the guy whose uh, acting career is dying. Mm-hmm. So they actually go to the Ron house. They get killed in a really weird, awful, and Great. hilarious Quentin way. Quentin Tarantino way, you know? Yeah. The full package. Yeah, I mean, you, if you've seen, <laughs> you've seen any of his movies. If you've seen, you know how Pulp Fiction. Works. If you've seen Inglorious Bastards, you know how uh, how he likes to kill people off. But anyways, go on. So anyway, it's just a very different thing. And at the very end, they kind of just come together. Uh, somebody who's acting career is dying. Somebody who's just taking off. They come together at the mm-hmm. end. And because I did not, so now we're done with the synopsis. Here's my thing. When I watched it for the first time, I kept thinking to myself, oh, yeah, there's no way she's going to die because mm-hmm. they're going to the wrong house. Obviously, it makes sense. Yeah. And then when I talked to my dad about it, shout out to dad if you're listening. <laughs> He's been bugging me about doing this podcast for a long time. Um, he said, I was just so afraid that he was going to kill off that poor girl. And I'm like, oh, no, I knew he wasn't going to do that. That just did not seem right. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be so weird. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, that just wouldn't be the Quentin Tarantino way. And no, I think that really happened. And then I didn't realize that it, it actually yeah. happened until I started, you know, reading more about it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, actually, the actual murders were, were terrible. They were horrible. Yeah. That poor woman. Yeah. And, but but anyways, no, I mean, I think Quentin Tarantino did, did the world a favor by not, not following through. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And giving us that one one thing to hang on to but mm-hmm. um so so but tell I, let's, me let's talk about the nuances you i know you i brought this up yes. earlier so you mentioned the nuances why don't i obviously love historical references mm-hmm. i think that's i'm always a stickler for that in movies and quentin tarantino like oh my god he just has a gift him and his his posse for lack of better terms mm-hmm. they really know how to get the context down yeah so that way you you actually feel like you're there um with with everything from the clothing the styles mm-hmm. okay the types of clothing being worn i swear to god you could feel the polyester yeah you know like it's just it's incredible i, I can't the cars yep everything and everything in the scenery in the background 
matches mm-hmm. the, the the decade. Yeah, and it's 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 incredible. It's like it's you've been put into a time machine. Exactly. Yeah, and it's so crazy. It's all about the atmosphere, and I feel like I I don't remember where I heard this, but somebody was talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he, this person said that it was like a love letter to the Hollywood that Quentin exactly. Tarantino knew. Exactly. And I think that really people say when you watch Tarantino films, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're watching a movie. And I think in this instance, it's definitely the movie to a, an extreme exactly. degree. I mean, it is an experience. The movie depends on this type of atmosphere, this aura. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for a director to be able to, to give you that, to make you feel like you are, Someone who was never born in the 60s. I have absolutely no idea what the 60s are like, except for stories and um, and what I've read about it, what I've learned about it, uh, what I've seen, the history that I, or the research that I've done, and to be able to to bring that to light so that we everyone knows what that feels like is just incredible. I mean, that's a gift. That is a true gift. Mm-hmm. So, but that that's my 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 favorite thing about the movie. Oh, and then absolutely. of course, you know, we can get. To get into all the relationships and how he builds the relationships um, in the movie and, and yeah. but anyways what, what do you like about it? I was going to say my first experience was not very good watching it which really was disappointing because I love Tarantino stuff mm-hmm. and part of it was because I didn't have that historical to- context another part of it was like outside things like we thought it was going to be a lot shorter when I saw it <laughs> than it actually was and we had like prior we had engagements. Yeah. <laughs> so we were, like, already late for something. And so we were, like, rushing out of there anyway. It was just a bad thing. Um, but after the second viewing, like, after the first viewing, actually, I talked to my dad about what I liked about it and what I didn't like. I actually wanted there... Because in the movie, there's one scene where the actor is talking with a child actress mm-hmm. on the set of a Western that is going to be filmed. And... It's just a really powerful scene. Basically, he's talking about a book he's reading. Mm -hmm. And in this book, um, there's a similar conflict that he's going through, Mm -hmm. that this character's going through. And he's saying, basically, this cowboy, I don't remember exactly, but this cowboy or whatever, the main character, is realizing that he's getting a little old and, like, he's not as useful as he used to be. Mm -hmm. And he starts, like, crying. And people, like, laughed at at it, and I didn't. I thought it was pretty serious. But I I thought it was also, like, like, ton-in-cheek as well. And the child actress... Um, goes over to him and kind of consoles him and says, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm sorry you feel this way. And she says something really, really cool. She says, like, an actor's mission is to have the best performance, the perfect performance. Naturally, we never succeed, but it's the pursuit. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is so cool. Yeah. It was like such a... Am I getting goosebumps? But it was just such a real... It was such an emotional scene. But that's the plight that, that these actors go through. And child yeah. actors. And But that's what I mean. That's the, yeah. the what I'm talking about when I say the, the development of relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, people that you just cross by. And it, it's incredible. Yeah. It really is. I mean, and it it delivers this powerful... Um, this powerful sense of of sympathy. Mm-hmm. You know, or empathy. You know that you you're there with those. You've never added a day in your life, but you can see why they're they're so sad. It's not even dep- it's just sad because they know that it's that's it. This is these are the end. 
it's, you know, it's, end of, of, of my career. What now? This is all I've ever known. It's like a death. It's yeah. like with any death comes grief. And it's like they're grieving for their careers and for their livelihoods. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily their livelihoods, but their lives that they once knew. And that is so deep. And then after that conversation that they have, they actually film the scene together. And the the little girl says to him, Mr. That was the best acting I've ever seen. And you could just tell that it like made... It, like it made it worth it to get that from somebody yeah. because I, I don't know how he felt. I mean, obviously he felt proud of himself, but he also was, I think that he was also like thankful for her mm-hmm. for comforting him. Like, and uh, un- un- excuse me, an unsuspecting source too. Yeah. You know, it just like, it's weird to see greatness. Like you just find greatness and you find great things mm-hmm. and like, just the weirdest circumstances and the most random like situations just every now and then there's a moment that seems mundane but it's actually worthwhile Mm -hmm. and maybe that was the reason there weren't more scenes like that in the movie because he wanted to highlight that fact that this is going to happen sometimes there are just going to be moments in your life where it's like wow Mm -hmm. this is fantastic and then it's going to be a lot of mundane everything you know a lot of like sadness a lot of grief but that was one of my complaints at first. I wish that there were more scenes like that. But I feel like now, in retrospect, if we had more of that, it would take away from its specialness mm-hmm. and you know it, and its uniqueness, and maybe even its sincerity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like I think it all goes back to the atmosphere, like you were saying, because it's all about that experience and like being there and being in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so if you are going into this looking for a movie that you can just kind of sit back, chill, and watch, it's not really going to be like that. You may have to watch it a few times because it isn't your typical movie. Mm -hmm. It is an experience first. It is something that you just have to live through. Mm -hmm. So I liked it. I did did too. (laughs) I liked it on my second viewing. (laughs) I'm glad you, you took the time to see it a second time though. So, oh yeah, I had would, to. This would have been a completely different start of this podcast. It wouldn't. I, I would have been defending it. Yeah. <laughs> at first, I was like, maybe I shouldn't because I don't know if that's fair. But then I realized I gotta give the movie a fair shot. Yeah. Like, but I was like, but I didn't have to do that for the other movies, so why should I have to do it for this one? Well, there's outside factors for this movie that were definitely. Yeah. Then yeah. I was like, wait a minute, and, and I had yeah, to. And you didn't know the the yeah. background, so but but anyhow. Um, let's go ahead and do a quick rating because we still want to get to it. Yes. Uh, chapter two. Sorry mm-hmm. that this was kept a little short, but we really did want to touch up on on those little special elements that Quentin Tarantino threw into this movie, which makes it worth worth seeing, even if you have to see it a second time. I mean, yeah. seriously. Um, so I, I don't know if it's out. On, I think it is out on DVD now. Uh, I don't know. I wonder. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. If it is, then pick it up. It's been You're a while, so I think it probably is. Yeah. Definitely pick it up. It's it's worth at least one watch. Mm-hmm. Probably two. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about it. Well, first, let's... What oh, would do you want to... Yeah. Oh, we got to grade it. it. Yeah. Um, I think I would grade it... I give it like a 90... For some reason, the word... The number 92 is like speaking to me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that it was perfect. Mm-hmm. But I think that was the point. There were a lot of imperfect moments. There were some... There were literal jump cuts. Yeah. That but he, took you out. But that had to have been intentional. Yeah, it is. He does it in a lot of his movies, too. It, this, and the way that his movies end, yeah. especially, I just... I don't know. I, I'd give it a 95. Um, I really enjoyed it. But, again, I'm, this is another very biased film. 
uh, that I'm basing all this off of because I love Quentin Tarantino. Not my favorite one of his films, though. No, Definitely it's not, not my Kill favorite. Kill Bill is my favorite. I've actually never seen Kill Bill. Oh my I have it, but I need to watch it. We uh, we are in for a treat. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're probably going to have to watch this okay. together. There's three of them, you know. Oh, God. Yeah, Pulp Fiction is my favorite. I love Pulp Fiction, but I feel like probably most everybody, that's but that's favorite. See, that's another one you have to sit there and watch a few times to understand oh what's going gosh. on. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, but anyway, so I'd give it a 95. 95, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 92, 95, yeah. Go watch it. Fair. Yep. Go watch it. So okay, now, it. It. It Chapter 2. All right, so before we even get into this... We should probably do a quick synopsis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just in case there are spoilers, I'm just going to say spoiler warning, just in case, for like the next minute. You know probably going to be spoilers. Yeah. So here we are 27 years after the children dealt with Pennywise the Clown, or mm-hmm. better known as It. That's yes. what they call him. So 27 years later, uh, Pennywise resurfaces in Derby. Right, Mass- uh, Dairy. 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 Dairy, Mass- Massachusetts, right? Is that- uh, or no, Maine. 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 Dairy, Maine. Oh, my God. Do you not know the Stephen King Oh, my God. Da- yes, the yes, I know. Game. If anybody, if it takes place in Maine, you got to take a shot. That's, everything takes place in Maine. Everyone lives yeah. in Maine. Every- okay, anyways, I want to move to Maine. So, here we are. Pennywise resurfaces. And Mike, who, one of the friends, he is the only one of the group that stays behind and grows up in the town right mm-hmm. so he notices that all these side he remembers everything that happened in in the first movie okay all the, the events that happened so he notices that pennywise is back because all these kids start going missing you know the same same premise mm-hmm. and and it's 27 years later right so something's right going on. so he know he remembers that it's every 27 years so he calls up all his friends because they make this pact yeah, that they, if he yep. comes back, they were going to come back to the town to try to kill him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he calls everyone up. And same. if you've seen the original film, it's the same thing mm-hmm. that, that happens. Stanley is the one who ends up killing himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not a spoiler because that's in the original as well. Yeah. But everyone, so everyone comes back. And they're all panicking. They're trying to figure out what to do. Now, they don't remember what happened so slowly all these memories start coming back to them and then mm-hmm. they have to go find you know different archive or yeah artifacts of of those memories to try to build that and they're they, mike has this great indian ritual that he's gonna or excuse me native american ritual that he's gonna use to try to yeah. kill this clown yeah. uh doesn't work <laughs> um in the end of course he, if you've seen the original it does play out but it, it doesn't there's a lot of differences compared to the original movie um, and I think this ending is a hell of a lot better oh than the gosh. original. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that, that's the premise of the movie. I think that's a fair synopsis. This is a very hard movie to give a synopsis on because yeah. like with the whole trial thing, like everybody had to go and search, like they had to basically relive some of their past. Yes. And their journey was different for each of them. Right. And so that's like a totally different journey that they each go on. And somehow they all fit it. They fit it all in in like two and a half hours. Exactly. And the transition from each different memory that these the characters were taking on or taking on was flawless. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that, but it wasn't. You know how sometimes when movies try to tell five different storylines in yeah. one. That's kind of what was happening in there when they were going through the different memories, right? Going down memory lane for each character. I didn't notice that until you said that now. Right. Yeah. But notice how flawless it was. Yeah, it wasn't like It wasn't rushed. Exactly. Huh. 
So it, I, I don't even know, think about. I really that. don't know how you, how you you do that as a director or a writer. I should say. But man, they did one hell of a great job. Uh, so no kidding. Like I can't even. I don't even remember how the transitions went. I just knew that they were fine. Exactly. I didn't think about it, which is it what was they like, must be going for. It's, exactly. It was like turning a page. I mean, I hate the cliche because it's a Stephen King novel as well, but it really was. It was flawless. It really was. So yeah. I and there's not to say that the movie was flawless. It was just. Because no, there were some things yeah, that I mean, were definitely wrong. The, the scary, movie. the scary parts were a little underwhelming. Yes, to say the least. The CGI wasn't that great. Yeah, it was, um, okay. it was very, it was very passive. You know, very blah, for lack of better terms. I just you got spooked. This is I don't know if yeah. you've encountered the same thing when you were watching it. Yeah. You got spooked once, right? Like initially, you're like, oh my god, and then yeah. that 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 was it. I feel like they're like. A, there was like a there were definitely a couple moments where I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that is creepy as hell. Like, um and that's my kind of horror. My kind of horror, uh kudos to the people who listen to all of our podcasts, because you you've heard this before. Like with scary movies or scary stories to tell in the dark, mm-hmm. like the kind of horror that like it's almost uncanny. Yes. Like it it's something you know that it's real or you know that it's not real but it looks real and it's just like Gah! it's like messing with your brain yeah that is my kind of horror i love that stuff because it really like dives into your psyche like mm-hmm. things that you can't control like just make you scary mm-hmm. or make you scared and it's just like ooh. and there were a couple moments in the, this movie like um with uh beth when she was going to relive her past and find her artifact to use in the ritual she went to her dad's old apartment and the old woman there actually turns into like this really tall lean creepy monster thing and it's not quite right (laughs) like that's the only way i can Mm -hmm. describe it there's just something off about it and because there's that element to it it like really puts you off in a weird way it's like see and that's funny that's the thing that i thought they didn't do well on i thought it was kind of like no at at first i was spooked out because now in the in the movie there with that scene you hear like these large heavy footsteps coming toward Beth so like that was creepy that lead up was creepy and then when you first see this this creature in front of you that was once the creepy old lady uh, I think the old lady herself was creepier than the creature Uh, very creepy yeah Um, then you're like oh my god what the heck is that yeah. But that was it. Then you really get a close look at this, you know, the what, however they created it. And it's just like, oh, well, now you can tell it's fake. This looks really stupid. I don't know. That's what I got from, from that particular creature. But there are yeah. a lot of other scenes that... I totally see where you're coming from, yeah. though. Like, in a lot of respects, you could almost say that it looked like a kid's drawing. Yeah. Like, it looked like something a kid would draw. And I don't know why, but for some reason it worked for me. Because mm-hmm. I see exactly what you're saying. Like, the face and the whole... The whole thing was a little goofy. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the one time people were, like, consistently giggling in the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, when, I don't know if they that was intentional or what on the director's part, but, like, because she would, like, do this weird, like, walk. shaking and, like, yeah. this weird walk where she was, like, shuffling. And it was kind of funny. Like, it just, it was, it, it, I don't know if they were trying to make it look scary. <laughs> like, or if what are you doing, Grandma? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, no, it was I'll have it was what she's weird. having. Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> so you had different parts like that, right, in, in the movie. But, you know, for the most part, the movie was very emotional. Mm. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a, I, I think that's a pretty uh, mm. good word to use for, for the movie. Um, yeah. They still played on 
on your fears, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember the original movie, but in the, in the original, um, Pennywise relied on your utilizing insecurities. Your, your insecurities and your yeah. fears. Um, so the, he they brought back that same concept, which they should. I mean, you have to keep be consistent. Um, but it just... I don't know. You mentioned... Some, I don't know if you remember yeah. uh, what you said I after don't. the movie about how all these characters... Oh, I've, I've, so here's the thing. Fun fact. Okay, this is going to be a whole thing. <laughs> so, um, after Annalie and I finished watching the movie together, we talked about our experiences briefly. And then I actually called my boyfriend and I just started crying because it all hit me at once. Um, and then I just, like, I wanted to tell somebody how I felt about the movie. So basically, um, at the end, uh, the it Pennywise actually is just a big spider, which is actually what happened in the original. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering to myself, I wonder if they're going to do that again, because I remember a lot of people complaining about that being too underwhelming, Mm -hmm. but it all makes sense now. So Pennywise is like you said, playing off of your fear and your insecurities. Mm -hmm. And he targets children and individuals that have been marginalized Mm -hmm. and who have been traumatized um, by their parents or by society or both. And because those are the, he finds the we- those weaknesses and he just goes at them. So like, um, when he, the way that they, the kids now who are all adults, the way that they killed him was by just saying to him, you're not real or you're just a clown or you're mm-hmm. just, you're just this. You're not as evil and as powerful as you think you are you do not have the power so really one of the main themes in the story is that something is going to have power over you if you believe that it does Mm -hmm. so basically faith is important because faith puts power in things beliefs put power in things so if the only way your fear something bad is going to happen to you is if you let it happen to you kind of uh these are your fears they're not real and you have to overcome them. And sometimes in order to do that, you have to relive your past. And you have to relive your trauma. And it helps to have friends with you along the way. Because that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And at one point in the movie... Uh, I promise I'm not going to cry. <laughs> at one point in the movie... Um, I forget the name of the main guy. The guy who has a stutter. Uh, uh, Bill, right? Bill. I think so, yeah. So, in the first movie, he was kind of blamed for by everyone, by a lot of people, for his brother's death. Because mm-hmm. he blamed himself, too. Um, because he didn't want to play with him on a rainy day, and so he played by himself. And that's when he got, you know, uh, kidnapped and killed in the gutter pipe, or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Or the gutter. The drain, excuse me. And then there's a scene that he goes to and the adult version of Bill is looking at his childhood self and his childhood self is blaming himself. Like, I, I, I let my, it's all my fault. My brother's dead because of me. And then the adult version of himself is saying, are you kidding? You're just a kid, a kid who didn't want to play on a rainy day. It's not your fault. And that really hit home for me because I have blamed myself for a lot of things. And Mm -hmm things that happened when I was a kid I blame myself for. I feel like a lot of kids do. And very recently, 
somebody, a friend of mine suggested that I put myself, I look at myself as a kid. I try to console myself Mm -hmm. as an adult, but my childhood self is someone else. So I'm trying to comfort and look at myself as a different person. And that actually helped me forgive myself, even though I had nothing to forgive myself for. I didn't do anything wrong anyway. And so because that happened in that movie, he was, he basically completely killed that part off from his past. Mm -hmm. It was like an infection. It was like, it was like a tumor. He completely cut it out. And that's the only way you can heal. Mm -hmm. So that was really powerful. And I did cry about it because I realized, wow, I mean, it was just perfect. So, what did you think? Uh, well, first of all, that got really deep. I did get deep. <laughs> but no, I I thought about the movie two di- for two days after. Uh, I couldn't sleep because I, I couldn't stop thinking about the movie and, like, how different things happened and, you know, why why did certain people die in the movie. Um, but, you know, when you, when you do think about the ending, you're just like, you know, it, it's nice to see that... No one tells you that when you grow up, you have to deal with with all the things that that followed you throughout childhood. You know, they just tell you when you grow up, you're going to make enough. You're going to get a job. You're going to go to college. You're going to get a job. You're going to make enough money to pay off all your bills. And, and you're going to start a family. And you're going to get a house. It, they tell you all those things. But they don't tell you all the emotional stress that you that gets put on you. Mm-hmm. And they don't tell you that, that the boogeyman that you feared is still going to follow you into adulthood. So to see these adults defeat something that has scared them for 27 years and that continued to torment all these other kids. I mean, it was kind of like a burden was being lifted, you know, it's just, it's a good little, Mm -hmm. it's a nice little symbol, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier (laughs) that I went on like the tangent, um, about Pennywise ending up just being his final form, if you will, being a spider. It makes mm-hmm. total sense. People make huge deals about spiders when yep. they're this small. They're so tiny. Mm-hmm. They're really not that scary. So it makes total sense. And like I said, sometimes you do have to relive your trauma. You have to relive your past mm-hmm. to put it to rest and find inner peace. And I feel like if you have been through some trauma, you're never going to completely be there. Mm-hmm. But you will at least put some demons to rest. And, and you, that's what this highlighted. And the most important thing is that you... Because in the movie, Mike, when he was telling them that they had to go out and find their their artifact, you have to be the only one. You have to do it by yourself. You know, so it's it's nice to have friends to help you. But when you go on that journey to, to find what's what you have repressed, mm-hmm. you know... You have to do that alone. Yeah. Because nobody else can exactly. find that for you. Exactly. Nobody else knows what that is for and, you. And that in itself says a lot, too, about, about maturing and growing up and, you know, and finding yourself. You never really find yourself until you're able to accept what has happened mm-hmm. in the past. Forgive. You have to forgive. I mean, anyone who's who's hurt you for your sake. That I've always seen it that way. Um yeah. You don't you and and don't forget. I mean, it's you shouldn't have to repress stuff like that. You should you should be able just to come to peace with it. That's exactly it. It's about finding peace at yeah. the end. It's not necessarily about solving anything because a lot of the time 
you're gonna go back and you aren't going to be satisfied with what you learn right and whoever did wrong you is not going to admit their mistakes right and you will have to find out for yourself how you're going to move on beyond that exactly you can either let it fester inside of you and let it kill you like Mm -hmm. it killed eddie and like it killed well it didn't directly yeah, killed but spoiler. the other guy yeah, yeah. okay sorry <laughs> killed eddie um like it killed eddie and how the fear made the other guy kill himself mm-hmm. you can either let that happen let it just boil up into that or you can move on beyond it and learn from it and find some peace mm-hmm. and that's why i love it that's why i really liked it there's also um a couple of easter eggs Oh my gosh! And there yes, that you yes, should. Yes, that we're, yes. we're not going to. We're not going to tell you about them, okay? But if you oh have seen the movie, um, and if you want to comment, all the Easter eggs. Th- so they're just different uh, scene or I guess clip. Not, not references. Even clip, references. Thank you. Oh my gosh! There's it's a different word for it. It's are a different you, movies. Are you Are you guys ready for like my uh, pop culture slash film uh, as literature education to come through and flex? Okay. Anyway, intertextuality. That's what it's called. <laughs> cool i didn't know that <laughs> um so that if you could comment all the ones that you spot we'd like to hear from you so yeah so there are really several references and there was one i literally you, did you see how excited i got i was like yes did you see me did you see Which me get one? excited the one the head the one the, with the head? head yeah we got it my, my so my younger brother went with me to see the movie and he whispered in my ear and he's like yo and i was like yeah yeah i know exactly where that's because that's oh my gosh because that's from my favorite i, w- I love that movie oh my gosh i love that movie I, so much we i went to walmart to try to find that movie it is such anyways anyways let us know what the, those movies are we yeah. uh we want to see if you count if the you references yeah count them it's like i spy the references exactly and, and be sure to comment um what oh, you, you what references you see we need to read this yeah yeah you go, go. first you go first I think it's definitely, it's a movie that you really need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely, I mean, at some points it's, it, it's long. It's a long movie. Okay. Yeah. There's no surprise there. And you do have to constantly be invested in order to understand what we saw. Yeah. So I, I think I'd give it about a 90. I still yeah. say it's a worthy, um, oh, because it is, but, and you're not, I, I wasn't terrified. You know, and usually I bring my blanket to horror movies, and I didn't really, I didn't need, I didn't use it at all, actually. So, yeah. You see me doing this? Yeah. I, I know you guys can't see what I'm doing, but, like, when I'm, when there's going to be a jump scare, I'll put my shirt over my eyes a little bit, because I know it's going to happen, and I don't want to see the full scary thing. Yeah, so, you're not, if you're going to be scared, you're not going to get that, so. No, it, it's just not as scary, but... Okay. But that would take away from the movie, just yeah, to be fair. Yeah. So, my score, I would have to give it, like, a 90 or a 95. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say, like, honestly, being a 90, giving it a 95 would be a little too for, too forgiving. Mm-hmm. Because there are definitely flaws with the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you mentioned the uh, the bully, who is now in an insane asylum. Oh, I forgot about that guy. That he who was guy just randomly was such, there. Such a throwaway character. And maybe there was potential for him to actually do anything interesting in the movie, but he didn't. So it was like a total waste of yeah. screen time. It really was. And so that was a huge thing for me. Because I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. And I was like, oh yeah, that kind of pissed me off. So that's one thing. Um, so I would probably give it like, I would give it like a 90 or a 90... 92 again but the thing is i don't feel like people tackle the themes 
that were in this movie near as well in other mediums. It, books and movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. But considering these guys only had two and a half hours or three hours. I don't remember how long it was. I think it was three. Three hours. Yeah. Considering they only had three hours, there was great character development. And those Absolutely. themes... And the ending was, like, perfect. I think that they they illustrated those themes the best that they possibly could, mm-hmm. and it was near perfect. And to say that, when people have entire seasons of TV shows to do that, entire series mm-hmm. of books to do that, and they still don't do it right, that deserves big kudos, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, and the fact that Stephen King was in the movie. Oh, yeah, Stephen King was in the movie, so, so that was yeah. really cool. That, sorry, that's one of those references that we mentioned, but, you know... Well, yeah. he's not really a movie reference, but <laughs> eh, that was kind of cool seeing him in there. Oh, yeah, that was really neat. Um, but anyway. So, yeah, until next time. <laughs> we're not sure what movie we're going to be seeing Yeah, uh, I'm thinking next it's, time. I think it's probably going to be Joker, honestly. I'm fine with that. That would probably be another little psychological thriller. Something like that. Yeah, Walking Phoenix. Oh, my gosh. I think that the trailers are so good. Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to see a different side to the Joker. We're going to mm-hmm. see his human side. And people are not excited about it, actually. People are a little yeah, scared. Yeah, that's what I, what I heard. But I'm, I'm actually I'm, interested. I want to see how it, how it unfolds. So, we'll... Yeah. That's, all right. So, yeah. That's going to be the next one. So, yeah. until then. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Don't forget to let us know about the spoilers. Or oh, the my spoilers, gosh. Those uh, movie reference. What, what do you call them? Uh, okay, so it's called intertextuality. Intertextuality. So that's when basically some kind of artistic form of anything makes a reference or to some other artistic form of huh. anything. Where'd you learn that? Uh, you learn pop culture, yes. I, I am clearly <laughs> not taking the same class as Logan. Well, that's okay. I mean, I, I don't even know if that's the correct definition completely, but it's pretty, it's close. That's hmm. pretty much it. If you want to sound cool, just say that you know what te- intertextuality means. And everybody will think that you're smarter than you yep. are. Because yep. that's what I do. And start a podcast and have debates with people. Exactly. Live life to your fullest. All right, until next time. Bye. It's been great, guys. Bye. <laughs>